0: Come, have a drink. I was kind of hoping to stay dry. Why don't we go to the bar? As you say, this is a cool party. If you want to stay, you're going to have to get wet. That wasn't so bad, was it? I would have preferred the bar. It's just that this is going to make taking your bodyguard out so much harder.
1: So how you been, man? You've been good. Haven't seen you long. How does it feel to be the world's second Q?
0: Oh well see I, I would argue uh you know how in Africa they have the, the, the African species they've the, sort of the greater kudu and the lesser kudu. Uh, oh the kudu clan, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's always like the greater or lesser in nature. And I think we're dealing with that here. So I think we have to kind of decide.
1: We got like a Q menor in a Q <laughs> Mahor. <laughs> hey, um well it's good to see you. Thanks for uh taking the you time. Do. I know you're incredibly busy. Um
0: well, I'd, I'd like to be up there seeing you guys and, you know, getting work done, but it's obviously not happening now. So, you know, yeah.
1: uh, well, there a a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of work still being done. I mean, I wish the legislators would back off so that we can take care of these bigger problems, but, yeah. you know, you just can't, yeah. they can't help their nature. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. It keeps yeah. people like me employed.
0: <laughs> That's for sure. Um, is your... I'm sure. I, you know,
1: I was, I was looking up, you know, your, your biography, even though I know you so well. I, I've never really, honestly, I've never read your bio other than what you and I have spoke, spoken about.
0: Right. You and um, me both.
1: So I, um, I'm curious about how, how did you get, cause it's like you're, you're, you're Denise Margot Quigley, right? Yes. <laughs> Hawaii no, which is like yeah. the whitest name I've ever heard by the way it's
0: the, I have the whitest name <laughs> the only thing my mean. parents my parents decided to give me that's my catholic name that's like my white catholic name yeah. because they decided that if I ever got a real job out in the real world you know when I was younger that um that I'd have a real name to go with it so that never happened
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> no but I like what you did with it and so you're <laughs> you know your dmq out there in uh in hawaii you know just doing right. you yeah. and then the next thing you know you're in taiwan and hawaii like how did that jump happen i know you modeled right but like like did bit. you have a sponsor like how do you get out there did you just go f this i'm doing it
0: um kind of i think when you're poor <laughs> <laughs> this part of it is sort of like built in because Mm -hmm. you have no options and so no you know what it was for me um is is it was a a girlfriend of mine who she she was a, a a real model I like to say she would go to Asia and she for summers and she would make some money and come back and she was really responsible with all that stuff and um and I was just in a bad place you know i was already living on my own i was finishing school i was i got a scholarship i was an athlete um for cross country
1: Oh, what you know
0: uh, yeah so i i um it was a division two it was a private catholic university and mm-hmm. so you know i was getting most of my tuition covered but there was still you know a, a considerable amount of money that a person like myself who was just coming out of high school was not um able to kind of pay on her own and i didn't have any family support in that way i mean some people's families can help get them into college and, 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 and help get the bills paid. And I just wasn't in that position. And so I had to do it on my own if I was going to do it. And so her bright idea was, Hey, come with me to Tokyo for the summer and we'll see what we can do and see what, you know, we can get you and then maybe you can save some money and it would really help you pay for school, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and she was right. And I did, and I went there, but I wasn't a model. She was, so I, I <laughs> tagged along with her. Did you and fake she- it? I, you know, I got one commercial cue. I got one commercial and you know why I got it? Because I was fit because I was an athlete and it was ah. a commercial. For, it was more about the body than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> being in shape, you know, yeah. and um, and actually seeing muscle on the body, not being a skinny girl. It was all about like right. strength. And so uh, lucky me, I was an athlete. So I ended up getting that commercial and it ended up paying for my indentured servitude <laughs> in Japan, which literally it is. Uh, modeling is a it's such a gross industry um and um and then after that it was just sort of like i never left the i left the island once when i was a kid you know i went to new york my dad's from new york so to see my white side yeah and eight and that was the only time i ever left the island and all of a sudden i'm like i'm in this big city this big international city and i'm meeting all these people and i'm having this experience and i'm like I mean, there's a whole other world out there that's not just the beach and the people I grew up with, you know, local people and all the rest. And I want to know that world. I want to be out there in that world. So my next stop was Taiwan. And then from Taiwan, I failed miserably in Taiwan. Um, they like,
1: wouldn't well, like you say you failed, like, in modeling or acting? Did you Yeah, you're no, no, no in I, wasn't an
0: actor. Yet. I wasn't an actor. I was just doing commercial work. And at the time, they were looking for famous Chinese faces and um, blondes with blue eyes. Like that was what they wanted. They didn't want anything in between, which I literally am right in the middle. And um, nothing exotic. They didn't want exotic. They wanted like that very, that blonde look or they wanted their own people. And I was neither. And so I I fell into this kind of hole. And then um, I met some really kind strangers in, in Taiwan who sort of, um they they kind of pushed me to Hong Kong. They said, you know, Hong Kong's a lot more international than Taipei. You should, should go there and you should definitely um, just just try because I we don't think Taipei's for you. And so, you know, as luck would have it, as as divine intervention would have it, I actually got a phone number from someone. I bought a one-way ticket to Hong Kong, just a faith-based decision of like, okay, let me just believe in this concept of people being kind and telling me what I should do and taking that advice. And I flew to Hong Kong and I called the number and that woman is, um, she's still my manager today. It's been 21 years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What Uh happened
1: to the, uh, to the friend that you followed over there? Did she follow you through all these little, uh, trips or did she, did she stay back in,
0: um, my friend, you know, I, when I was on Letterman, um, I remember my, my manager who, um, Who's still, you know, obviously around and still representing me? She uh, she used to tell me when I was 19 years old that I was going to be on Letterman, and I said, uh, "What? Why would I be? <laughs> why would I be on Letterman?" <laughs> and she goes, "No, I, I just believe. I just know. I know you're going to get into acting. I just, I just know it. I know you. It's just something about." And I said, "That's very sweet of you, but mm-hmm. that's very strange, you know." <laughs> and then, you know, sort of. 15, 16 years later, I had done all the talk shows and I think the, the, the projects I was in, the movies I was in, they always sort of skewed um, a little older and, oh, sorry, a little younger and, and you know, Letterman's audience was always a little older. Yeah. And so I ended up on this CBS show and he had announced his retirement and Letterman, I think, was the only one I hadn't done yet. So I called my publicist. I said, you got to get me on Letterman before he goes off the air because it's sort of, it's a, it's a sort of uh, unspoken promise I made to somebody many years ago. And he said, yeah, of course. To get schedule me on Letterman, and I flew her from Hong Kong to New York City. She'd never been to the States before. I flew her oh. to New York City. She had no idea why. She thought I was getting married. She thought it was like a shotgun wedding or like a secret <laughs> wedding. And um, <laughs> and um, I had a car pick her up and take her to with a couple friends of mine to Letterman. And I wasn't there because I was backstage. And they said that she she got out of the car and she looked up and she saw that huge sign. And they said she she really just like physically fell to her knees. She was crying so much, oh and they had to kind of pick her up and you know tell her it was okay. And she was like, "I knew it, I knew it." <laughs> and uh, and that was kind of the moment. And so I I when everything kind of came full circle, and then uh, on Letterman that night, I I thanked my friend, you know that friend that you know got mm-hmm. me over there, and you know was very very. Um, very selfless, you know, in supporting me in my journey because I, I, mean, I don't know if you know a lot, ton of models, but they don't go, hey, I've got a lot of clients and I work a lot. Let me help you. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> not
0: exactly a, a world for that. <laughs> um, and, and she did. And then Letterman, who's like, you know, he's always been very kind to me, but he, he's not known for being like the nicest talk show host or, or the, the most, you know, um, uh, malleable Uh, yeah personable so I I had he insisted I tell the story about my manager on on air and I I did he got up out of his chair and he walked into the audience and he kissed her hand and he thanked her for for being that person who got me here it was really that's it was amazing yeah it was really cool it
1: was a really good story what like what was your experience so were you in the green room who were the guests that were on there with you or did they keep you away from the other guests
0: was it I was it Magic Johnson, maybe? That's kind of cool. Or was that Leno? Oh,
1: look at you, name dropper.
0: No, I, I was on something and I remember I was backstage with Magic Johnson. We were talking and he gave me a hug and I hadn't seen him in a really long time. And my publicist was laughing so hard she said, you know, when he hugged you, I came around the corner, I didn't know where you were and I couldn't see. <laughs>
1: that <would be> like, <laughs> dude, I'd be in the same spot.
0: Yeah. She's like, I thought it might be you because I saw a little bit of the top of your head. <laughs> was so enormous that like I completely disappeared. Um I was i can't i can't remember who else was on the show that night i think i was so um excited about the fact that there that i i I usually can remember those things but yeah i'm not not really
1: sure man i saw you i saw you on um oh god who's the guy rodriguez no ramirez oh lopez george lopez oh i am (laughs) a bad mexican i just failed (laughs)
0: you are the worst mexican i'm telling telling george (laughs) yeah
1: i am a true coconut (laughs) i i saw you on there and it was really cute you did an impersonation of your mom i thought that was does she like that impersonation or do you do that to her
0: i do no here's the thing about impersonations that i recently just realized when it's an immigrant Mm -hmm. and you're doing an impersonation of an immigrant to an immigrant they don't know what you're doing
1: (laughs) they just think you're normal
0: yeah, because they they don't they don't understand they don't know exactly how they sound. So when you're right. doing it, they're just like, "I don't get it." Like they re- I just recently realized that because I will always impersonate my mom to my mom. Yeah, okay. and I, my mom thinks I'm crazy, and i she's not wrong. But she would always look at me like I was crazy under many different circumstances, and so mm. I just thought, you know, this is just normal. And then recently, she was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing you." She's like, "I don't sound like that." <laughs>
1: It was pretty funny. <laughs> Obviously, I cannot do the impersonation or I would never do it at Well,
0: you're not allowed to either because no, you're not Asian.
1: I'm not allowed. You got yeah. the card. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I find interesting is that like you've worked in these fields which are like complete objectification of women from an uh-huh. outsider's perspective. I don't know, because maybe on the inside it's not that bad. I don't know. But like yeah. modeling, I've heard really, I mean, I've heard horror stories about women and modeling and, and acting, of course, it, when you work your way up. Yeah. And, um, and especially, and this is a question I want to ask you and I'll get back to that. But I saw, oh my God, I saw this trailer of you. Um, I, saw, I saw you on YouTube. And
0: okay. Okay. It,
1: it, it was, oh my God, what was it? Was it Maggie Q kills 10 assassins? Maggie Q versus 10 assassins. Okay. It's from the movie um, Naked Weapon.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like a teenager.
1: Oh, my God. Dude.
0: I was like 19, I think.
1: You were pretty awesome in that, though. If anyone listening to this or watching this, go just type in Maggie Q versus 10 Assassins. And (laughs) Hey, man, that sword work was legit. That was some legit sword work. You had that circling, man.
0: Thank you. How did you do that? I don't know because you know here's the thing like when you're Asian I mean obviously I'm half but oh when so you,
1: you automatically know martial arts waking up right well,
0: well white people think yes I know <laughs> so white people are like oh well you wake up you brush your teeth and you do kung fu I'm like no <laughs> like not what happened at all so I was a really pitiful you know I just want people to understand that if you work hard enough I mean you you can do anything so for me I mean I was a I was a swimmer a, track and field and cross country runner which as you know doesn't make you the most flexible person. I mean those are like the sports that like those are the tightest people in the world. They can barely touch their toes. So when I got into action cinema when I was living in Hong Kong, I couldn't I couldn't even touch my toes. I mean I was like what? I was not a flexible person. I was not I per- I didn't know a martial art to save my life. And I knew a girl in high school that did taekwondo. That was as close as I got. <laughs> Knowing martial arts. And so when Jackie's team, you know Jackie um, had a management company at the time um, called the JC group in Hong Kong. And um he was looking for like the next generation of action stars because Jackie he Chan. sort of knew, yeah, he sort of knew that you know, he wanted to produce these movies for the younger generation coming up that weren't going to exactly relate to him per se. He had his own audience, but he was trying to corner a different part of the market. So he chose a bunch of guys. Um, who he trained up and I was the girl that they chose and whoa. Okay, to hold this on. day hold on. I don't know why. Whoa.
1: Whoa, whoa we need to back this train up for a second. Okay so like <laughs> the Jackie Chan who is yes. like the Elvis right of that world I mean he is like the Elvis I don't know the Michael Jack. I mean everything right he's like yeah, the he, Paul Newman Ro- I don't know God, yeah dang, he's I'm the guy blanking, I'm blanking on iconic movie stars but he's it right he's the John okay. Wayne of that area. Yeah. Um, how the hell did he pick you? Because I mean, you—you—you you, you just said you didn't have any action background. You weren't like that, a, some great athlete that was in, you know, in the Olympics. Like, what happened there?
0: Yeah, very strange. Did, like, you might the like cut of your strange. jib. You'll come to understand this, Lesser Q. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, you ain't slipping that by. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. Um, my life's been very strange. And I once asked a director that, uh, I said, uh, why, why me? Like in terms of like, you know, this genre, like why why, would, why did people pick me? And it doesn't make any sense to me mm. um, because for the reasons that you just stated. And, and I, this one director who I really liked, he was very cool. And he said, Maggie, you have to understand, he said, strength is not in in physicality per se right so if we wanted an action star we could walk into any like dojo in the world and pull some great martial artist and put them on screen he's like that's that's not what it's about he's like strength on film has to come from a very very deep place it has to come from a place that maybe even you don't understand we can foster the physicality but we can't create the internal and the internal is what you have so we we do the rest but the work and the soul you came in with and everything that you came here, you know, to do was already kind of destined. And that's sort of very philosophical, and very Chinese, right? But, yeah. and that's kind of what his explanation was. And it was very, I, I was very moved by that whole thing. And so, I mean, I guess I can't, I mean, I've never asked Jackie like, why me? But, um, you know, <laughs> it, my education with him and his team, you know, Jackie's got this team of sort of 10, 10 to 12 action guys. Um, who work with him on every movie. They're his team. And each one of them is disciplined in um, a certain martial arts that they're an expert in. And they come from every type of background. So when Jackie's designing fights, he has a guy for each discipline that he can throw in if he needs mm-hmm. acrobatics, if he needs this, if he needs sword work, if he needs this, he's got all the experts, right? And if you know them, you watch Jackie's movies, you know that most of the time he's fighting his guys because Oh, not that.
1: I didn't know that, Well, so Jackie Chan. You can't
0: throw someone in front of Jackie Chan to fight Jackie Chan. You have to be at a level to be able to perform at his level, right? Okay. And so the guys who can perform at his level are his guys. So mm-hmm. they do all the stuff. So when I'm watching his movies, I'm like, I know all of them and I can point them all out and it's the same guys in every movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, that's Marvin. Oh, yeah, 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 that's today.
0: John, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. it's more like, that's Jisook and that's like <laughs> fun. Um but I,
1: <laughs> I. couldn't have said
0: that, by the way. Except, except it's a little different. Um, so, so those are the guys who trained me, you know, his guys. And Jackie was the person who just sort of, you know, um, he. I really value my education in the Jackie Chan camp because the truth is, nothing was ever good enough. I mean, when somebody like Jackie makes it on the world stage, it's mm-hmm. it's one in a trillion. I mean, I mean, why would he? He's not like. He's not like handsome, he's not this, right. he's not that, you know, he's got all the skills, but he is a perfect combination of the Buster Keaton and the, you know, and the physicality and all the all the all of his idols, Charlie Chaplin, all these people who were able to perform physically and, and move people and, and and bring people to a certain place with their performance. And on top of that, he has this incredible comedic talent. He's got the physical yeah. talent. So he is the perfect combination that the world was looking for at that time. We didn't know it, but there it was. Yeah. And so Jackie's worked his ass off and anyone who yeah. works their ass off doesn't give people passes, you know? Yeah. So, so if you've worked a, for him, it's tough.
1: He was a hard taskmaster. I mean, he, he, he Huge. demanded excellence, right?
0: All, all the time, nothing was ever good enough. And so when I got to the States, I did my first movie here, Mission Impossible brought me back to the U.S. i I, I'd be on set and I'd do something and people would give me a compliment and I would be like, <laughs> i was like what is this thing you're saying to me that's not <laughs> like i know i had a compliment in like eight years <laughs>
1: hey, so um i think jackie is famous for doing his own stunts you know yes. obviously his own fighting so in okay so in that clip i watched maggie q versus 10 assassins which yeah is pretty pretty cool you have you seen it
0: I mean, I've seen the movie like a, a million years ago.
1: Hey, FYI, so like, do you Google yourself and like, hey. No, you ever, ever. About me. No?
0: I barely watch my own stuff. I mean, I had a friend call me the other day and say, hey, you should watch the third season of Designated Survivor. It's, you know, you're great in it. And I was like, I'm good.
1: I'll take your word.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just. I don't, I don't enjoy seeing myself on screen. It's right. not something where I'm like, ooh, like, no, it's, just, it's, it's a well,
1: thing. Well, in that, in that, that video, um, <laughs> Maggie Q versus 10 assassins, and I don't know if there were actually 10, because uh, I don't know if you fought them, because another woman came in at the end and helped you know oh. the last like three or four. Um, okay. So I think it's like Maggie Q versus like six. Um, but, but were you doing all your own sword work? Because I mean, honestly, watching that, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know she was so talented at this stuff. And you're yeah, I flips. did. I mean there's and,
0: Oh, so so the guy who directed that movie is a guy called si Dong and he's like a super he's a legend in that side of the world. You know, he's sort of like um you know at the le- you know the you know the matrixes were all done by Chinese uh, stunt coordinators. I did so I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so so these are all the guys who worked on those movies, uh the guys who really designed some of the best work in the world that people have seen. And um there is no I've always been a hard worker by nature. I just think is my parents are both really hard workers and so I think that that was ingrained in me. But at the same time, I always, I've always felt, even like as a teenager, I felt like if people are paying to see you, they should see you, right? Like, the, you should do the work. You owe your audience a performance. Um, not to the point where you're like putting yourself in danger, but that I would do that too. I mean, I like blew out eardrums and told the, I mean, like stuff that I just shouldn't, jumping off cliffs that I just shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and now, um, and and I remember that specific relationship with that director was really key for my career because I worked so hard for him and he really didn't, nothing was good enough for him, like with anyone around him. And somehow him and I had this great relationship and I had four doubles on that movie, four different oh, doubles.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: For different specialties um, to, to, to try, you know, to do, and they all got fired.
1: <laughs> they all First got point. fired? Did you fire him or did Jackie fire him? No, um, the um, director. King
0: Simone fired them, the director fired them. And I remember him saying once, it was so embarrassing, because at the time I was just picking up little Chinese. I moved there, I, I didn't know any Chinese, but I was picking up a little, and he was screaming at one of my doubles, and he said, get off this set. It's so embarrassing when my actress can do it better than you. Oh. Yeah, and she was crying, and I was there. It was really, it was, yeah. But it so he, cemented my desire to always give my best and put every effort forward. And if it was something I couldn't do, then fine. But if I could do it, I didn't think there was any excuse for not doing it.
1: So, so uh, you know, I have a question. So when they, um, when they bring over a double, do you ever go like, hey man, my nose ain't that big? Or, you know? I,
0: I well, big. the idea with doubles is they're not supposed to, you're not supposed to see their faces, oh. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> But there was a double, that's so funny that you say that because there was a double who really wanted to be like my, my double, like she wanted to follow uh-huh. my, my career. And I had to stop using her because I don't know what happened. Like she had, a, she had a a good body. She was a little taller than me, but we were very similar in terms uh-huh. of our, our size, which is very hard. It's very hard to double me because I'm, and you know me and you've seen me in yeah. person. I'm, I'm a lot smaller than people think I am. Yeah, And a, a lot of the martial arts girls are, are very strong and they're thicker than I am because they, yeah. Earned it, you know. They're they're like really strong martial arts girls, so their bodies often don't match mine. So I found this one, and I was just like, oh, her body, like she was longer and and slimmer, and I got really excited. And then she came back for this. I I think it was on Die Hard. She came back and like like enormous boob job, (laughs) and I was like, yo, I can't roll with the A cups. You can't double A cups with C C cups. That, That doesn't because yeah. we, we are seeing your body. <laughs>
1: yeah. You can get a nose job. You can yeah, get we a nose care. job.
0: You can get your lips injected like everybody does in Hollywood. But you can get a boob
1: job. Uh, that was
0: the last time I worked with her.
1: You're like, that's my <laughs> right there. Um, right. So, okay, so you had a great deal going in Hong Kong. So were you recruited out of there to Hollywood? Did someone go, hey, who's this Maggie Q that's blowing up over there? Or did you go, hey man, I'm gonna take the US by storm and let me see what I can do over there. How did that happen?
0: Oh God, I wish I had that confidence. Can you imagine like, I'm gonna take the US by storm. Never had that confidence. Sure. I was totally happy doing what I was doing in Asia. I I had the best friends. I, I My career was fun. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, was bothering me at the time, I was thinking of making an exit period from entertainment because the, oh. the spotlight, uh, the paparazzi, that whole, that, all that d- that has nothing to do with work or, or anything yeah, you actually uh-huh. care about, yeah, yeah. got um, extremely out of control for me. And so I, I didn't want to live that lifestyle. I didn't think it was worth it. I didn't think that the spotlight matched my desire for the work mm. that the spotlight got way, way too, it was, it was a fishbowl, a very small fishbowl. And, and, and there was an army standing outside of this bowl and you just mm. never had your life or your privacy or your, or, or, or anything. And so I, I actually thought, you know, um, this has been fun, but I, I need to make my exit because I don't want to live like this. And you know, sort of six months before I decided that I was actually going to make that move. Um, there was an agent from CAA that had come over to Hong Kong for something. I don't know what he was doing there, but I met him at a party and he said, um, you're American. What are you, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know. It just happened. He goes, are, do you, do you want to come to Hollywood? And I said, no. And he said, I, I think you should. I said, I'm, I'm happy. I don't have any desire to go anywhere and he said you'll be in hollywood in six months and on letterman i was like yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and i kind of forgot about the conversation and then sort of five months later uh i got a call from a friend who said um jj abrams wanted to meet me in uh in la to cast for this movie and i was like that's so strange that he knew where I was and then yeah, right. so I know so I flew over to um to LA to cast for Mission Impossible and when I got there the day that I, I arrived at night it was like the worst flight I woke up in the morning Q I was so sick I thought I was gonna die it was the the fever and the everything I called the casting director and I said A crying and I just said I don't know I'm so sick I don't know what to do and she's like okay Okay, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to take you to the studios at Paramount. She said, we're going to we're gonna try to get you a little medicine. She's like, Maggie, it's 10 minutes of your life. It's 10 minutes. If you can fake the funk for 10 minutes Suck it up. and do these three scenes, it's going to change your life. So I, I need you to do that. And I was like, okay,
1: like crying. like, what the fuck am I gonna
0: do? My fever was 105. Damn. I... Went into the casting, holding a tea, because I went from being freezing cold to sweating profusely. So I was holding this tea because I was so cold and I was shaking so much that the tea was spilling everywhere onto my lap. And then five minutes later, I put the tea down and I'm sweating, I'm so hot that like, my face was wet with sweat. So that's how it went. And I did the three, (laughs) I know, it was was just, I did the three scenes and then uh, JJ, just on the spot said, I will do anything to get you in this movie. You have to be, this is your movie. He's like, congratulations. And I was so sick that he said, what can I do for you? And I said, I, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I did, and then um, I was actually in there for two days. It was, like oh. a, it was like a kidney infection. It was something really bad that was not just a normal flu. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back to my hotel, two days later, I had, I slept. I woke up, I had this enormous basket in my room, like the biggest like fruit basket I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I don't, who would send me this? Like, I, I don't know anyone in LA. And I, and I read the card and it said, um, welcome to a great mission. Love Tom and JJ. And that's how I knew I'd gotten because I didn't even really remember what happened. I was so sick.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah.
0: So that's how that happened. So that's how I got to Hollywood.
1: Oh, that is a good story though. So Tom, Tom sent you a fruit basket. You know, a you fruit told, basket. I remember one time we were talking and you told me something because I was like, so, you know, because, you know, I'm always looking for the tea, man. That's, that's what I'm about. And sure. so i was trying to get a little, little insidey, little insidey stuff from you, which I don't know if you can share here, but you know, right? Uh, um, I asked you, so who are some of the people that we see on screen that we think are one way, right? Uh, but in real life, they're actually very different. And yes. you gave me an example of one that we see on screen that seems to be everybody's buddy, but in yeah. real life, yeah. the guy, and yeah. you don't have to go into that one. Um, yeah. um, but then you gave me an example of someone who you said people think is a whack job, but in person, but in person, the person is very, very, you know, mm-hmm. caring and sympath- And mm-hmm. that was Tom Cruise. Mm, big time. What's that?
0: No, big time. I mean, he, you know, the the public persona, I mean, sure. I mean, I mean yeah, he battles with his stuff and there's sure. weird all that stuff um it's no question mm-hmm. but he is at a level that you know is pretty i mean you know there are very few stars in the world who are world class movie stars and and he's one right. of them yeah you know. There's like a few, only a few. Um, But, you know, I think for me, the experience I had was so, like I said to you, first of all, the first thing that I care about when I'm working is professionalism. So for me, it almost doesn't even matter how crazy you are. If I show up and you're willing, you're there to do the work and you care about the product, that's number one to me, right? So there is no one more professional than him that I've ever worked with in my life. I I mean, everybody, I worked with professional people, but never anyone who gives as much as he does, just ever. He's so he's generous. He's kind. He's dedicated. But the other thing is that, you know, he would do things like I mean, I, I was a, a, really a nobody on that movie, and I and I mean that. I mean, there's there's huh. there's nobody, and then there's what I was on that movie, which is like below nobody. You know, it's like him. What are you doing here? Him, yeah, like you know, you know, Phil Hoffman, Billy Crudup, Fish, Lawrence Fish, you know, Bing, yeah. who'd done the whole series, and you know, just people who are very well known in Hollywood. And I was like, you know, a newcomer. And I showed up, I was in Rome in our first day of shooting in Rome. And I, there was this trailer in the base camp and it was, they are like, you know, the PA was like, well, this is your trailer. I'm like, oh, this isn't my trailer. I think it's a mistake. <laughs> and he said, um, no, 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 this is yours. It has your name on it. And I said, oh yeah, I know, but I think they messed up. Cause like, it's the same trailer that everybody else has, and I there's no way. And he said, no, 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 this is your trailer. Well, let's put your bag down, and we'll get you into hair and makeup. And I was like, I'm just going to keep my bag with me, because they're going <laughs> to keep my trailer. And I don't want to, you know, it's kind of embarrassing that I have to go back and get my bag out of the big trailer. That's not my trailer. Lawrence
1: Fishburne's going to want his trailer back.
0: Yeah, Fish is going to be like, he's like, what's that, bags? Why are you in my trailer? So <laughs> I go to hair and makeup, like, with my bag, like, on my lap. Yeah. And they send in Tom's producing partner. And she goes, Maggie, is there something wrong you know, with your trailer? And I said, oh, no, no, no. I just think someone made a mistake. And um, I'll just wait till they fix it. And then I'll put my stuff down. And she goes, no, Maggie, that's your trailer. And I was like, that's impossible that, yeah. that that's my trailer. And she <laughs> said, no, Tom came to set yesterday before we started filming and he checked out everything, walked into everybody's trailers, made sure everybody's happy. And we had obviously a much smaller trailer for you. And he said, we're switching this out. We're making this the same trailer as everyone else's. And they said to him, Tom, that's not in her contract. And he said, I don't care what's in her contract. We're not treating her like she's less than everyone else. And that, you know, on a, on a, just a Mm -hmm. professional level, I just, I didn't, first of all, I didn't deserve that. It wasn't contractual. Uh, little things like that. But on that film, you know, I had a really devastating loss. I lost my best friend halfway through that film. Oh, okay. And the friendship that was showed to me when I was trying to finish the film with everything that I was dealing with and her death and everything that had gone on um, was above and beyond anything that any, you know, strange. I mean, ultimately, I didn't know him before the film. So he was a mm-hmm. stranger to me. But, you know, he was really there for me as as a as a real friend, as a real human being during that time. You know, people are always sorry, but the way that he handled me, it got me through the film. I, I wouldn't have been able to finish the film in the way that I did without his support. And so, that was my experience. I mean, yeah, people yeah, their experiences, but my experience was very positive.
1: Yeah, and I remember you told me that story, and I was like really surprised um, that. And I think you also you had like a disappointment on the set, and he took you for a walk, and you know, put he his did. arm around you, and said, "Hey, man, you know, it's, yeah, get over it. It's not that big a deal."
0: Yeah, yeah, cleared the set and was like, "Everybody, go away. She needs to cry, and let's let her cry." <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And you know, you don't clear the set on a two hundred million dollar movie. That yeah, you know, because <laughs> every gotta minute cry. Costs Yeah, every minute is costing you whatever. But I think to him, it was more important that I was able to deal with my grief in that moment than it was to lose money in that moment. And that's a big deal.
1: You know, I wonder, if you know, because he's had such a long career. And as you know, a lot of these careers are like, you know, just shooting stars. And Uh um, I had a a friend, uh, someone that I worked with who was an actor, not, not at your level. I think they're IMDb. IMDb page stopped back in 2005, but um, he was telling me like why certain people, not always, but why certain people tend to have continue to work and continue to, to get work mm-hmm. and quality work. And he said, it's because directors, producers, other actors want them on the set because yeah. they're good people to work with. And the yep. example he gave me was the guy, and I can't remember his name, the guy from the John Wick series. Keanu. Yeah. He goes like Keanu, for instance, he goes, Keanu, he's a perfect was, example. Yes. He, he, maybe you can talk to that, but he said, Keanu is the greatest dude on a set. He's like when a, when a low level actor, or he goes like me and I was a nobody, I had to read my lines. He would st- he would stand in front of me. He goes, a lot yep. of time, you know, the, the star leaves and that's I got to talk to a tennis ball. That's right. And he goes, Keanu would go, no bro. Here, come on, go ahead. Give me your line. And he goes, that's why the guy keeps working. Then he goes, mm-hmm. there are other guys that are complete assholes. And that's why mm-hmm. their trajectories are a lot shorter. Because mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, he's a good actor. But you know what? I just don't want to put up with it. Just,
0: it's just not worth it, right? Think yeah. about that in any dynamic. Like a friendship or, a, or an intimate relationship or a work. It's just like, is it worth it? And the older you get, you're sort of just like, I don't have the energy for this Like, I just don't, and then you have people, and I'm not gonna name names, but we've talked about the person before, who work all the time because they get along with certain directors, or they're across the board, they put butts in seats. Mm -hmm. So people are like, well, there's a ton of money to be made, we'll just put up with this (laughs) And they, but Keanu, like your friend said, is not one of them. He's incredibly generous of spirit, generous just in general. Kind, not the most talented actor, not in my opinion, but definitely um, someone that people want to work with. Like Matt Damon, yeah. you know, people that 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 you see that have like a, a real measure of success, um, um, and it's consistent. Mark Wahlberg, like people like this, people who just have really great attitudes. They come to work, and they and and by the way, it's not charity. They do really good work. They're yeah, right, really
1: right. talented, right? You're not throwing them a but bone. They
0: also. I mean, look at somebody like Ed Norton is a perfect example. He's in, incredibly talented and right. probably could have been one of the best actors of his generation um, who who only works with Wes Anderson now because they're friends and I guess he knows how to manage him. But you don't see him in projects and there's yeah. a reason. No one wants to put
1: up with that in that movie. No thing. one wants to
0: put up with it, yeah. Yes. So, so
1: um, it's kind of funny. Um, we yeah. were talking... Ah, i'll save that for a different time okay, um, okay but yeah i'm glad you you backed up that keanu stuff so yeah. um, you, what is the difference okay let me tell you my impers- my impression so i'm watching the the hong kong movie you know clips mm-hmm. and i this is me as a westerner right um and looking at clips so i didn't see the whole movie but what i saw was something interesting and i think we see the same thing in american movies too but it just seemed odd that in the hong kong movies that i saw that you were in like a lot of the women seemed kind of interchangeable and um like they were casting a certain thing Mm -hmm. and it made me think what must it be like to be a female actor over in hong kong uh Mm -hmm. is that a rough place to be because it seemed like the women were just oh we need eight females, throw them in there, and here's how they're going to dress, here's how they're going to look. Um, did you experience any of that? And again, I could oh be totally wrong, but it was just my, my impression from watching some of these clips.
0: Oh, I mean, the patriarchy is real on that side of the world. It is mm-hmm. very male-centric. It was very, um, even, in, even in my, in, in my company, you know, in, in Jackie's company, you know, which... <laughs> is which doesn't exist anymore like um, it's it's been gone for years now but um even the way you know not by Jackie but like the people that worked within mm-hmm. the company the way that I was treated by those people was um I mean you wouldn't even believe it I mean you would not believe it like um the way they treated the boys versus the way they treated me the way that they would even arrange extras in the background like they'd go they'd see all these extras in the background and they would say out loud you know these coordinators and these directors they'd be like uh you uh, fat girl go to the back no one wants to see you. bring the fat other girl. oh oh i mean like out loud in front of people i'm like god i'm like don't don't you dare talk to her like that and they're like maggie it's not a big deal we don't know their names what else are we supposed to call <laughs> oh my god i was like are you, kidding? so what, they would, what they'll what they do is they'll try to find like a central point of talent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they surround everything else with just a look, right?
1: Yeah, that's the, what the it looks like.
0: Yeah, and the issue is that women on that side of the world at that time, this is my experience, want to be famous so badly that they'll take any sort of, you know, wallpaper role, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just to be on screen, and I think that's one of the things that's held, you know, women back on that side for so long. You know, if you want to be taken seriously, you have to only consider serious roles. You have to say no to the things that don't uh, present an amount of integrity mm-hmm. um, or or dignity in the work that you're doing. And, um, you know, they sort of treat you, especially as a woman, that you're you're, you're lucky to even be there, regardless of what they're allowing you to do or not allowing you to do. And I remember for me, it was like, they would always say about me, they'd be like, oh, Maggie, she's so Western. And they would roll her eyes because I'm so outspoken and I would give my opinions and I didn't put up with anyone. You know, and it was always the eye roll like, oh, you know, she's so Western. She's she's not she's not Asian like us, you know. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I am Western. I'm American. Yeah. I'm from Hawaii. What are you talking about? But it, it was it was an issue. It was an issue for me because they didn't I wasn't subservient, I did not bow to the patriarchal, um, you know, gangster movie culture they have over there. God and really I, yeah, and I, I just um, I don't think I don't think they could have handled me for very much longer, to be honest. Like, yeah. thank God I got to be in the states and left because yeah, and
1: you, you got to choose your exit. I think that yeah, was I smart.
0: did, which was a huge blessing because I I just I felt very sorry for a lot of the women who you know tried to make it because they did. I mean, they 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 are entitled to have a genuine desire to be famous or this or that. They can have those desires. I mean, that's 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 your sure. path, right? Mm-hmm. But the 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 price of doing it was was significant over there
1: well good i'm glad you kind of saw what i i'm glad you backed up what i saw because what i saw oh oh, there's maggie q who has the personality and then there's 10 interchangeable um you know attractive thin athletic yeah 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 Yeah. that That
0: have that have nothing to do it's just like why